Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, sharing, downloading, all that good stuff. We're going to try to keep them numbers going right through the, the cold, bleak weeks of the winter. It was bleak today, man. Oh, it was... Have I used this before? Colder in a witch's tea? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. In the, I, I don't remember the cast iron bra part. Yeah. Oh, that's a new one. Colder in a witch's titty in, in a, a cast, cast iron, iron bra. Okay. You really have to emphasize the bosom being up against the cast iron bra. I got it. So you got the, the cast iron, really cold, like sub, sub-zero sub temperatures up against the titty of the witch. <laughs> that's cold. And she's cold because, like... Which is like a deadish, yeah. deadish, you know, type of deal. So I don't know. I don't think you can get much colder than that. That's I think that's that's My, that's basically zero Kelvin right there. Zero <laughs> degrees Kelvin is Pluto. Yeah, it's like Pluto. exactly. Um, my uh, uh, wife uh, is much more rambunctious, uh, uh, adventurous to go out in the cold than I am. Um, I blame it on her Minnesota roots. I, I just don't have that in my DNA. See, I kind of, it's not in my DNA per se, but having dogs, I have to. Have I just to have on. no choice. Yeah. So I've just gotten used to it, kind of. Don't get me wrong. I, I uh, did both my driveway and my elderly neighbor's driveway snowblow oh, today. Look so at was, you. Yeah. So it was nice to get out. But I was also happy to go back indoors <laughs> sure. after that was yes. over. Um, but uh, uh, my wife at one point was going to go to her uh, brother's pond hockey tournament. Oh, wait. Was that the Hockey Day Minnesota thing? Yes, it was part of the Hockey Day awesome. Minnesota thing. I just drove by the rink on okay. my way here. Right. And I think the Lady Gophers are playing. Oh, really? I think so. Well, I think, you know, I don't really know this. I think they got multiple sites that they do it on. Oh, is it? I think. Yeah, you know what? I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. I The most of the games I saw were taking place right downtown, right by the Basilica at the, the Sculpture Garden. Huh. No, I think there's more. This okay. one was further away. Um, anyways, I got back inside and I said, listen, if you take my young sons out into these temperatures, I'm, you know, that would be a horrible idea. And then she stepped outside to actually experience how cold it was. And she's like, yeah, that, that is bad today, man. (laughs) It was very cold. Yeah. It was stupid cold. Stupid cold. Indeed. Um, something that warmed me up was, uh, bourbon and bourbon glazed pork chops mm. which you didn't take a part of i you, did not you, partake at a big early dinner tonight. yeah i'm stuffed man and er, what time did you eat that early? well okay maybe it's a late lunch it was like mid-afternoon 2 30 ish that's that's interesting and i hadn't eaten all day was that a strategic meal there was or, no strategic i no. just woke up this morning wasn't hungry didn't eat and then i was meeting the boy for lunch and you know he's 17 so it's like i'll meet you at one that became one thirty. That it became two, and he finally got there about two thirty. Gotcha. But that's the flexibility of a Saturday. You can eat at two thirty. Who cares? And I probably won't eat the rest of the day. No, that's a good way. What I thought was this was something I did way more in my twenties. But like you would strategically eat to blend in with your drinking because you didn't ah, want you know okay. you don't if you ate too late of a dinner, you know, then you couldn't drink. Bunk. Bogged you down, right? Yeah, but you have to have something in your belly. There Otherwise, you go. that's there you go. really bad news. Then things that you learn, you yes. know, throughout, but that's not what we have here. Most it, of it my is. learning includes booze. <laughs> what was the, what's the Homer Simpson quote? Like, my greatest, my greatest uh, mistakes and answers have all come from alcohol. Some, or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what that is, but. Yeah, I'm not good at recalling Simpson stuff. No, I, I can't either. Yeah. The, the best one I like is. Me flunk English? That's impossible. It's <laughs> Ralphie, though. Yeah, Ralphie. Yeah, yeah, sure, of course. All right, so we got... It uh, tastes like burning. <laughs> That's the only one I remember from Ralphie. What has that show been on? That show has been oh, on it's got for like 30 years, it's right? It's insane. Yeah. Like, you know what I think of all the time? Like, obviously, the characters don't age. They're, you know, animated, but... One of the voice people's got to That's a good point. at some point, don't they? Well, and you Like, think- Homer Simpson, or uh, uh, Bart Simpson is like a... 65 year old woman at right. this point. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. And Hank Azaria. I yeah. mean, he's, he does a few voices, I, I think. Always done. He does a ton of them. Yeah. He's great. Isn't that crazy how much that might be one of the ultimate jobs in Hollywood, a voice 
actor. Oh, I think it is. And, and, and if you hear actors interviewed, they, they come right out and say it. They like just say it's phenomenal. the greatest thing in the world. Like you, you show up. You show up for like days. two days. Yeah. And you don't, there's nobody else there. It's just you in a sound booth. And you read a bunch of lines and you're, you leave and they pay you millions of dollars. We're in the wrong profession. Yeah. Yeah. I, do we have, we have a podcast maybe? We, we got to figure out a you way. You got a way better voice than me. I you would you would have much better ch- chance at it. Than yeah, maybe we can market ourselves. <laughs> yeah, let's get somebody get on that. Help make help be, us out, listeners. Uh, how many Frozen's are there? We can be in the next Frozen. I don't know. Is not fro- seen one. Two two young kids. I have not seen one Frozen. Never not seen a second. Frozen. You've never seen any. Have you seen Moana? No, but you know what I saw. Moana is fantastic, by the way. Okay, I recommend it. I, and I would see it, but I've seen Coco. Have you seen that I one? I've not seen Coco. Oh, it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Okay, it's kind of trippy at first. Yeah, like I had just a couple drinks in me, and I'm like, man, these are really hitting me. Like I'm so confused, and it seems real trippy. And then I asked, and and you know, like someone filled me in on what was going on because I was partially paying attention. <laughs> and then I got way into it and loved yeah. it. Yeah, Moana. I, I haven't seen Coco, but. I'm a, I'm assuming Moana would bitch slap Coco in in the watchability situations. Hmm. I don't know, man. Give it a shot. And then we can't spend any time on this, but we're going to at some point. We're gonna break down Tarantino movies. Oh yeah. So, okay. How about that for a quick change of pace from? There's a animated. teaser. Because uh, I just watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I very much which liked I loved. It. Yeah, so I was surprised, but it's not. It, yeah, just yeah. put a kibosh on that. let's shelf that one. We got to get there. All right, we got some housekeeping. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. We do. We got a pretty long list of housekeeping, so we'll try to go through it kind of quick here. Declaring for the NFL draft, Wisconsin wide receiver Quintez Cephas, Wisconsin offensive lineman Tyler Biotish, Iowa defensive back Geno Stone, offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs, defensive end A.J. Epinesa, and running back Torin Young. <laughs> Rutgers defensive end Ilorm Lumor, love that name, nice. Illinois defensive end Alawole Batiku. Swole. Swole. I wanted to say Swole for one more year on the pod. That's disappointing. Me too. I mean, I'm disappointed for many reasons, right. but I did want to say Swole. Michigan State wide receiver Cody White. Yeesh. And then Minnesota safety Antoine Winfield Jr. So Junior. one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. One of these things does not belong. Torn Young. Torn That's Young. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Any, I, I think any, you saw the writing on the wall with the running back depth. But any intel on this? Any, like, That's it. That's, is that's, he just done playing football? Does he think he has a you know, shot at the NFL? I feel like I get a sense more than ever that a lot of these guys are just they're just sick of the whole school thing. Just man. done, yeah, yeah. Well, now, I, Torrin's, I didn't. I would never to put Torin in that department. He he went to the, uh, Big Ten Media Days last summer. Like you know, good. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I think he's a good student. Good. I mean, he, everything about him is seems, he on track to graduate? Do we know that? Uh, like as this far year. as this. Influencing him leaving, yeah, I, I don't know that. I really do just think it's because he was a solid third stringer on the depth chart, and he maybe was getting hinted at to be moving down further. So yeah, but I guess my point being, like, if you're by not- the way, his his original post said just professional career, right? So, Which is, I'm wondering what his plans are. NFL, XFL could right, be XFL, right. but yep. maybe he's just gonna go no, out there and follow his career. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, transfer portal news. Michigan running back True Wilson enters. Indiana offensive lineman. This one shocked me. Koi Kronk. Now, he was injured yeah, last he, year. He redshirted this year. But he's basically. But he, was, he, I mean, he was the solid stud tackle. Team captain. Four-year starter. Like, so he was a starter. This on the the shocking. Is this Yeah, is I mean, this, this is like. Skoranek? Yes, it is. For me, it is. Yeah. I don't know why he wouldn't come back. Weird. Very weird. And then. But was, we're going to get weirder here. Well, we're about to get real weird. Wisconsin yeah. wide receiver Aaron Crookshank enters the transfer portal and exits in Piscataway, New Jersey. He's going to Rutgers, baby. Okay. Dang it. I meant to look this up. Is he from New Jersey? He's somewhere out east. Okay. Yeah, I think so he's an makes... eastern guy. So my it... first two thoughts, you tell me if I'm crazy. Uh, my first two thoughts were, okay, homesick, wants to get back east. I, I know there was... A little bit of thought he should be used better in the... I don't know. Yeah, he only had a handful of receptions this year, but he was used in the return game a lot. Right. Um, I think the general thought process... This is me checking with insiders, reading through Twitter, but not exactly the sharpest route runner that you could ever find 
on the planet. Um, so I don't, you know, probably people think that Wisconsin's offense is not the most nuanced, off, nuanced offense in the world, but you, 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 they run a more precise sure. tree type of deal. I would think. So if you don't have that down, you don't play. So I think that was part of it. So well, all of that is one part. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go just real quick. This okay. is tinfoil hat stuff. All right, but like we love it. We love it here um, on the eyes on big. Like, is that an aggressive Shiano sending out the feelers towards through? I think he's poaching. A little poaching Did, he, going on there. You didn't have that thought at all. Well, he, he's here's what he's I, doing whatever he can. He is, and he's doing a great job. Jersey East Coast people yeah. back into the fold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So first of all, he was slated to get more reps next year. I mean, especially with Cephas leaving. I, that's why it's surprising. But he did his post. I don't have it written down in front of me, but he did mention something about having personal things he was dealing with. Okay. Please understand. Okay. So I think, so I'm being a jerk. think it might be a little deeper than what we're talking about right here. I take everything I just said back. If that's the case, then we don't know what we're talking about. He needs to go back home for th- things. Oh, and definitely. it was it was very cryptic. He didn't come right out and say anything, but he, he implied there's more to this story than you know. I'm an old man, old balls, crusty with stuff. But like, you know, you you got to have some empathy sometimes. <laughs> like, you know, he, if he's got to go back home for something. Yeah. yeah. Wish yeah. him the best. Yeah. Okay. Coaching changes. First, Nebraska. We're going to stay in Lincoln for a couple of these. Offensive coordinator Troy Walters and the Huskers are parting ways with, quote, mutual separation. How do you feel about mutual separation there? Uh, I think the fan base wanted him out mm-hmm. and thought he would be out for weeks. Uh the only mutual thing is thanks for your time, but don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Okay. Remember when Jerry Seinfeld was engaged on the show and then they had a mutual separation. <laughs> goodbye. Do you remember? Just, yeah. yeah. Right. I, yeah. I hate you. Yeah. Goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> okay. And then he, so he tells Elaine what happens and then he's like, do you, do you believe this? And she goes, no, no I don't believe no it. Sense. Nobody's buying it and you shouldn't be selling it. That's how I feel about this. <laughs> I'm with you there. Okay. So to follow up on that, hours later, Nebraska hires Matt Lubick, offensive coordinator, to replace Troy Walters, yep. formerly the co-offensive coordinator at University of Washington. He was the wide receivers coach at Oregon when Scott Frost was there. Yeah. So there's a history between Lubick, Lubick, however you want to say it. Lubick. Yeah, I don't know how it's to only, pronounce it. Yeah, there's Lubick. only one B. L-U-B-I-C-K. Lubick. 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 So history there. He's uh, kind of been taking the Pac-12 tour for the last 10 years or so. History with Scott Frost. My whole th- thing is, so Troy Walters, OC, kind of wide receivers coach. Wide receivers did not, they underperformed. Last yeah, year. I mean, I think, I think that's, that's fair that's to fair say. fair to say. I mean, it seems to be what uh, Nebraska people think. Um, so that's probably more what he's brought in for. My whole thing is just the offensive coordinator at Nebraska it's kind of a title, right. just a title, You're right? Not, not much more than that. Plays so. no, um, and then uh, but you got to figure if Frost is comfortable with this guy. Yeah, there's this that's, is a good thing. That's the thing for the for the Huskers. And then a linebacker coach in, a linebacker coach out as well. That was another okay. thing that happened. So still no special teams answer. That's that's kind of been one of the things. That's right. So did they? The they rumor. don't have a special team, a dedicated special teams coordinator. No. The Which rumor, is, I well, it, wa- it was Jovan DeWitt, who was the linebacker, outside linebacker coach, kind of special Right, teams. but he was kind of a dual. Correct. He wasn't dedicated just to special teams. Right, there's been articles written. Uh, Mitch Sherman, by the way, uh, you, you you have a uh, subscription to The Athletic, right? Yeah, I so. do. I don't read it enough, I'll oh, be honest all, with I you. All but, the time. Um, so I read, try to read all Big Ten teams. Because sure. I, oh, because I host a Big Ten podcast. So, yeah. it helps me so, do, so do I. Maybe yeah. I should start doing it. It helps. Yeah. So. Um, uh, anyways, he'd written that a lot of teams in the big 10 West, big 10 in general have committed special teams coordinators. In Illinois does. Yeah. And I Illinois has great special teams. I don't know if it's, you know, the cliche is it's one third of the, I wouldn't call it a third quarter. You think it's, I was going to say a fifth, a fifth. I was going to say a fifth. I'm going to go a little bit higher. Okay. Okay. Anyways. So let's split the difference. It's somewhere between a quarter and a fifth. <laughs> what is that like? I'm, I'm not, I don't know. Let, I'm let's move on. <laughs> I don't want to deal with common denominators and shit like that. <laughs> Anyways, it's enough to have a uh, special, a committed special teams person. Uh, Bill Snyder's son. I, I can't think of his name right now. No, I don't the know. The guy that Bill Snyder tried to push into being the head coach. Oh, at sure. Kansas yeah, State yeah. And exactly nobody at Kansas State wanted to have. <laughs> so he's, he's like a rumor to be. Oh, okay. He's out there. Gotcha. 
All right. Moving right along, Rutgers University hires former Minnesota defensive coordinator Rob Smith as their defensive coordinator. Now, he's coached. You know what? We're starting to get to be like. It's like the NFL now. Well, I was going to say the SEC. Like where Mm -hmm. they, you just start. It's like an old boys club and you just cycle from one to another to another. That's how I always viewed the NFL. Like. You're, once you get a job in the NFL, you're there, you're there for life. Yeah. And it's like, you gotta, okay, you, you get fired from the Giants. Well, then you just move over to, I don't know, like the... Or fired from the Cowboys head coach and become the Giants offensive coordinator, There for you example. go. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Anyway, so he had he's coached under Shiano yeah. and Kyle Flood at Rutgers before. So there is some history. Also spent time in the NFL, University of Arkansas. Did I then, tell you... Uh, Rob Smith was a GA at Iowa when I was. Oh, there. really? That's. Do you remember him? Mousy, mousy, like that's that's it. That's how I can just forgot he was there, just like a mouse. <laughs> He's mousy. <laughs> that's two B's and Rob guys. Um, two B's. Now they've already hired Jim Panagos from Minnesota as their yeah. defensive line coach. Yeah. So, so we'll poaching see. a little bit here. We'll see. I don't know. It's it's questionable, right? I don't. You can certainly, I mean, Gopher you fans got, got, I are mean, pretty we're, happy we're, about this, probably. If, right. I mean, if you're trying to just look at things from simple terms, he was let go from his defensive coordinator position at Minnesota because the yeah. defense wasn't playing good, and the defense has looked much better since he's gone. What are they, 14-2 and two since he left? Or 15-2? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, two, Something good, like that. That's a good point. I mean, it's a ridiculous right. uh, record since he left. Um, IU, Indiana, hires Nick Sheridan, their tight ends coach. They elevated him to offensive coordinator. They also elevated running backs coach. And and, and I I try to stick to coordinators, but I just thought this was interesting. Mike Hart to assistant head coach, which is a great move. Mike Hart, the former Michigan running he back. He is going places. They want to try to hang on to him. Absolutely. He's the running back. recruiter. Fantastic recruiter. He's their running backs coach, but now he's assistant head coach. And then they also hired Kevin Wright, if this name doesn't sound familiar, former head coach of IMG Academy, to replace Sheridan as the tight ends coach. What an amazing hire. Two great moves here by Indiana. I, I don't know. I don't have an opinion on Sheridan as an offensive coordinator, but the other two, the the heart elevation and then the, the Kevin Wright hiring is fantastic for both heart of them. Heart elevation sounds medical. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, Tom Allen – is fancying himself quite the CEO. Yeah, he is, man. Right? I like what he's doing. He kind of knows what he's doing. Crazy bastard. He is. That look in his face. Okay, now moving on to some bad news here. Penn State University, former Penn State player Isaiah Humphreys is suing the university, citing hazing, including sexual harassment. Uh, He claims this was reported to head coach James Franklin. Nothing happened. I don't know how deep we want to get into this. We only know one side of the story, I guess, is my point here. I, I'm waiting to hear what Franklin and Penn State has to say about this. So we're, we're recording this on Saturday evening, the 18th, because Kurt and I have very minimal lives. Uh, so we don't go out and do crazy things. So that's no. what we do. We record podcasts. This is our blood, crazy night. Yeah. Which I was... I mean, this is it. This is it for me. I was looking forward to bourbon it. Bourbon pork chops. And I got, and and I got, got a some glass bourbon. of bourbon, which yeah. I didn't expect. This is Courtesy great. of Jeffrey the Greek. Yes, thank you. Um, anyways, point I'm trying to make is we're almost already cycled through this this story. Have, have we not? It seems like because it, it, it was came hot, out, and then it cooled off right away. Because that's that's what we do in this society now. Right. And that's what I called. Um, with that being said, there was a independent investigation there was from the da there was a criminal investigation weeks and weeks ago maybe months yeah. and months ago i don't know i i believe he's got a a dubious past surrounding him don't know anything about that i don't know something I've i just heard. know that they did this not is, press charges i just i would in i would employ any of you whenever you see these stories because it's easy to believe it when it's a team that you don't like right of course but Every now and then, just just give it a shot, you know. Put the shoe on the other foot. If it was your school, we don't know the both sides of the story. Nope. You just see something that gets splashed out there. We don't know really anything. Um, I'm gonna let it play out once that's it's it. all said and if, done. If once it's over, we bring it up. Then this I'll have is a, a Big opinion. Ten football specific podcast. If there's more that comes to it, we'll we'll talk about it. Exactly, and that concludes housekeeping. All right, so that gets us into our next our segment, right? This is going to be our segment for the next couple of weeks. Is there a better word yeah. for that? 
No, no? segment. Yeah, this is the segment show. Yeah, let's yeah. just call it the, the segment. S- the segment show. So, what we're gonna do is assign grades to each team. Um, grades for the 2019 the, season. The 2019 season, yep. right? Um, there is no exact hard fast rule on how we came up with this, but the general thought process was expectations versus reality. Correct. Um, we use the Vegas o- Vegas over under lines, and then how the season played out. Yeah, right? like Ohio State doesn't automatically get an A because they win the conference. They had high expectations, and you know we're grading against those expectations. Right. Speaking of grades, um, not that I hated school, but if you plopped me down into some sort of scholastic environment where I I had to go to classes right now, I I I think I'd I think I'd blow my brains out. My I, like as much as I sometimes complain about my job and you know we oh. all do. Can you can you imagine going back to school? It'd be horrible. The day I graduated from University of Illinois was the happiest day of my life. I'm not joking because I knew I never had to go to another class for the rest of my life unless I actually wanted to. Chose to. And, and here and, we are, years and years past. And I remember thinking, and I loved, don't get me wrong, I loved being in Champaign. I loved the social aspect of it. I hated, hated class. And I just, I remember thinking, I've never felt this much joy in my life. Yeah. I wonder if this is the high point of my life. And to this point, it has been. <laughs> and what it... See, there's lots of things that go out. Number one, ignorance is bliss. I am I am convinced of that just in, in life. So when you first get to college, luckily, you're just dumb enough to think it's just all going to be awesome. And somehow that powers you through the first, like, three semesters. Yeah. And then somewhere in the middle there, you're like, this is awful. But then you're in the middle of it. You're already, you know. Yeah, and you're like, you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel a little bit. You just get through. But then the elation as you graduate, that uh, is also ignorance is bliss because it it powers you through the the deafening numbness that you feel and the fact that you have no idea what you're actually going to do the rest of your life. Yeah. And then you just figure it out. And so going to school versus having a job. I mean, there's plenty of suffering in jobs, right? Yeah. But they're freaking paying you for it. They are paying you. You're, versus you're paying them to suffer in school. I mean, that's that's pretty much all you need to know about it, right? Pretty much sums it up. I don't know how many listeners we have that are in the college range. A few, I think. We do it have seems, some. Yeah, it seems like. So anyways, if we depress you, I apologize. But It gets better. <laughs> it does. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. All right, so we got two teams left on this podcast. We've got the Michigan State Spartans and the Purdue Boilermakers. So first up, Michigan State, their preseason over-under was set at eight. Now their actual season record is six and six, They, which is where the over-under is set. Sure, does not bowl, include the bowl game. But with the bowl game, they finished seven and six. So... What one thing that I said to Big Kurt before we sat down was, you know, try to tell this as a story, uh, as the season, because every season is kind of its own, you know, unique chapter in the book of said program. Um, something I have tried to do, give you a little insight into the deep crevices of my brain. As the year goes on, I actually break teams down into the last four games because I believe if you look at stats, from eight weeks ago, it doesn't actually apply that much to teams. Teams change as that's the year fair. goes on. And I think it kind of helps with my handicapping deal. Don't mm. look the whole season. Look sure. the last four. Um, so that's kind of how I looked at these schedules to a certain okay. degree. Not like deep down in, but when you think about Michigan State here, they're a perfect team for me, I believe, to start out with. They started out one, two, three, four, and one. Their only and, and the one was dubious. Let's their point loss out. to Arizona State was dubious. That's a great word. Yes, people forget now, right? When you think of Michigan State now, in in you know mid January 2020, you're like, well, of course they they were a 500 team that won their bowl. No, at one point, not that long ago, my podcast partner picked them to win. Well, let's point. Let's start there. I did pick them to win the Sorry, East. Sorry, I didn't mean to. The point I'm trying to make is it wasn't crazy. Nobody listened to that podcast five no, Nobody thought ago. that was crazy. 
Like it was a Mich- little bit, a little bit little dark horsey, a little bit dark horsey. Yeah, but you weren't the only one picking Michigan State. No, to there have was a, a lot very- of there's a lot of reasons to pick them. Right. I mean, we thought it was maybe D'Antonio's last season, his last hurrah. hurrah. Um, they they had you know just kind of stumbled, but they still had they still had that fantastic defense that was just amazing the year before. And Lewerke is healthy again. You've got these. It nice was the Lewerke. Health thing. Good that job. was the thing that, that I was re- the big deal. Yeah, like that. At one point during my deep dive, August dives, I was close too. And their offensive line seemed to be trending in the right direction too. And then you just you just hang the hat on the Sparty defense, right? Absolutely, because so they're they're just they're just you know they're gonna so show up all the time. You know the first uh, the first couple games of the year, twenty eight points, Tulsa. 51 points versus Western Michigan. We don't know how good these teams are. So, like, at that point, they're ranked, by the way, at this point, you know. And and, and then also, so they lose to Arizona State. Right. But Ugly Arizona loss. State was having a great early part of their season. And Michigan State had way more yards in that game. They just could not capitalize okay. once they got in the red zone. But they rebound. They 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 destroy Northwestern 31-10. Yep. We don't know. How god awful how, how bad Northwestern was is. Yeah, at that yeah. time, right? Again, I'm I'm trying to try to go back in the time machine a little bit. And okay. Look at this. Then they beat a, a chippy Indiana a team, chippy, which we kind of knew at we that point. Knew. I think we kind of knew at that point. So right there, Michigan State four and one, not too bad, right? And the one is a non conference game. Yep. So Big Kurt's prediction is looking okay at this point. And then the wheels fell off. Right yeah, right. but why did they fall off? They played number four, Ohio State, number eight, Wisconsin, number six, Penn State in a row. At that point, they were so freaking beaten up and bludgeoned. Illinois comes to town and, and takes advantage of that and wins again. Then they lose at 15, Michigan. What a what a, a like buzzsaw they had to go through there. <laughs> I mean, so do you, do, you, do you think schedule matters? Uh, it matters a little show? bit. Yeah. I mean, that that played heavily into my grade here. I don't know okay. about you. Just the fact that they had to go through that the schedule. Mid-season. I probably that's a good point. I probably should have weighed. By the way, let's let's keep the final grade. That'll be the last okay. comments. Just that's one thing I'd put out. I don't know if we talked about that, but um, total offense. So it it was the we joked about the shuffling the chairs on the Titanic. Of course, with the offensive coach did not work out. Uh, somewhere along the lines of the brutal schedule, uh, Mark D'Antonio was asked. You know couple we're halfway through the season i don't know if that's exactly how the question but basically the offense doesn't look good sure and he dropped the infamous that's a dumbass question yeah i just okay only, i just read the athletic article yeah, about that yeah yeah and i assume the guy that wrote it is the one that asked that question that's i don't know that but i have to be. assume that wasn't an athletic you're talking about the one i forwarded you or different one. No, I'm talking okay. about a different one. This was an athletic article. So about um, that dumbass question. Yeah. Oh yes, that's right. That's correct. Yeah, so exactly. yeah. that person very much had the right to ask that. First of all, that's of his job to ask that question. It so. was very valid at that but point. But a, a grouchy Mark D'Antonio wasn't wasn't having that question. But you know what? Looking back, you know, speaking of that stretch that of the games that they lost. So starting with, uh, well, Arizona State, they put up seven points. Then Ohio State, 10, shut out versus Wisconsin. Remember that? That was embarrassing. Seven points versus Penn State, 34 points versus Illinois. In a loss. Only uh, 10 points versus Michigan. By the way, they only put up 27 versus Rutgers and 19 versus Maryland. The whole point is the defense definitely could have been better. It could. I mean, they, they but, took a step back. But did you not? Isn't this filed under the, the the file of the defense didn't wind up looking good, mostly because the offense just I think wore it yeah down. there was just, just too much in, there was too much on their shoulders. I mean, he, 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 they were they're a great defense, but every defense is a breaking point. Correct. Yeah, yeah, so and that's just, what that's but, what it was. But then I think you can say that they did not have the cornerback play this year that they historically have had that their defense relies on. I agree. I mean, without that, the defense is not the same. I would say, I mean, I think you could go across the board. I mean, they always have a strong, not only front seven, but but like especially D-line. 
And and Willikas had a fine year, but it 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 wasn't what you thought it was. Raekwon Williams had a pretty good year. Yeah, Panishuk had a pretty good year. Yeah. I don't know. I thought their defensive line was okay. So it was you're putting mostly on the secondary corners. Well, they ask a lot of those guys. Yeah, they, they play put quarters and yeah. they put them on an island. And if they can't do the job, then oh, damn, coach, we lost. So to kind of skip around a little bit, um, the biggest question looking. So I, I, the biggest thing. All right, that's that's how we're we're gonna do the biggest thing. Okay, looking back. To me, it, it, we've already hit on it. It's, it's the failure of the coaching staff. Offensive to, scheme, I think. Can we just all sum it. it up? Scheme. Offensive scheme. Okay. Um, biggest game moment. I've left this up. Boy, to, this is a tough one. This was tough for Michigan State. Uh, so I put game slash moment as in pick what you want. It could be off the field. I have an answer. Okay, go. Biggest game moment. I'm going with the bowl game because they just kind of rebounded. It was a close game, 27 to 21, but statistically it was not close. They dominated that game. They spanked that high knee, even though they only won by six. Yeah. I'm going with the bowl game. That's like to, fine. To cap off the season, okay, it wasn't everything we expected, but they go to the bowl game and get it done. Um, I actually have written down Indiana slash bowl game. The only thing that would uh, get me away from the bowl game is at that point, I think Michigan State fans were so tuned out. They kind of were. I don't know if they enjoyed it that much, so I would actually – ever so slightly air towards the Indiana game. That was a resounding win. Again, at that point, they're four and one. They still got things in front of them. Uh, Def- team that was definitely their high point. That was like the high, the high point. watermark. I that guess was the high say. watermark uh, team stud. So I, you, you kind of commented about uh, Kenny Willekes, but I thought 78 tackles, 10 and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. I'm going Kenny Willekes here. Okay. Uh, I'm going with, a name that we already actually mentioned on this podcast. I'm going to go with wide receiver Cody White. I don't blame you. catches, 922 yards, six touchdowns. Like, you're doing that in an offense that's hooks. That's a good point. Like that's he, a really good point. So, he maybe he's got a point about going pro because, number one, who's throwing the ball next year? I guarantee that play oh, in his boy. decision. Oh, and, you know it did. Oh, yeah. And this was a productive season for him. Well, so. and if we had stopped at midseason and done this podcast, my answer would have been Daryl Stewart. Yes. He was but he got hurt. He was a stud in the first half of the season yeah. until he got hurt. And I don't want to, you know, just gloss over Elijah Collins just short of a thousand yards, yeah. nine hundred and eighty eight yards, five touchdowns. You know, we needed, if we're a Michigan State fan, for Brian Lewerke to be the the team stud. 3,000 yards passing, 17 touchdowns. Oh, 13 picks. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of – that defines his done. season is just he could not hang on to the ball. All – I mean, gigantic. Just – just that's what it was. Now, when they won, yeah, he was their leader. He was their stud, but he probably lost a couple games for him too. So, um, the biggest thing, looking back, the biggest thing, looking forward to me – so we've already had the D'Antonio payout that happened on Wednesday. Four, do, you, do you know that he'll be the second highest paid coach in the country this year? A-hole. I wanted to drop that. Thanks. Oh, I'm Thanks sorry. For no, good job. Good job. Yes, that's Nick Saban, Mark D'Antonio. <laughs> I mean, he's a good coach. He, Don't get me wrong. but He sells the most. It's like the sweetest yet most potent snake oil. Yeah. It is like. It's amazing. It's intact. It's, it's intoxicating. It is intoxicating. Like, you can the, actually see like the green, like yeah, the wafting w- off wafting. of it. Yes, I know. And it just sucks you in. Yes, insane. It so, is potent. But that is the big thing right now. Looking forward, correct? I mean, we still okay. I still you think, can sum it up with that. But I'm gonna go a little deeper. The talent drop off. Who's going to yeah, play quarterback okay. next year? All right, that's, who's going to be wide too. receiver next year? Yeah, Jalen Naylor. But I think you need a little more than that. Um, I'm going to try to give my boy Sean Dwyer, I hope he doesn't mind, a little shout-out on Twitter. I, I was curious asking him, he's dialed into Michigan State, what the percentage was that would be happy to see D'Antonio I'd leave. like to know this. Take a guess. So did he do a, did he do a I, poll? This is the, he did not do a he poll. Just, he just gave – He spoke for Spartan I Nation. I don't mean to put all the pre- pressure on him, but – 60% want to leave. Wow, you nailed it. That's what exactly there what There you go. Okay. See, I thought it would be way higher. I was oh. thinking at least seventy. Well, no, I mean, come on. He's put it. He's got I equity. Understand, but like, it's been okay. Anyways, so long story short, 
the payoff payout day. I mean, we're three days plus payout day. He's still the coach. He's gonna be the coach. He's next gonna year. be the coach. And here's another thing they're gonna be battling next year: public perception. Just you know, so th- there's a suit going on with Michigan State right now. He was deposed uh, a few days ago. We don't know what he said yet. He it sounds like Mr. He, Blackwell is who the former basically recruiting guru is what his role was. On right. The and there's there's a whole backstory Things. there. Um, but I, I feel like some of the stuff is going to come out. It sounds like D'Antonio mostly did the right things, but they had some training just days before he had an opportunity to do all the right things. He didn't do all the right things. No, things could have been better. Yeah. And it wasn't a good time to be doing bad things at Michigan State. No, and that that 2016 recruiting class, by the way, um, speaking of talent drop, next year would be those guys would be fifth-year seniors for any of them that redshirted. I think out of the 20 of that class, there's only six left, or there was only six left this year. So I imagine some of them didn't redshirt. There's only a few left from that. That was their best recruiting class ever. And – it has been a, a burr in D'Antonio's saddle because he's like... Maybe that's why he's just so grouchy all the time. <laughs> but his thought process was, you know, we got outside, you know, what is typically our wheelhouse, got these... Well, the thing is that... Outlandish fifth, recruits, right. in, and all they did was was poison our, our football program. I right, mean, that's but, what he thinks. And but I, but basically that 2015 season, the great 2015 season they had where they went to the college football playoff... That was a springboard for this great 2016 class. They said, okay, we can finally start getting the next echelon of athlete, and they blew it. They totally blew it by letting some suspect individuals in. And I know we kind of skipped over the stats, but uh, we don't have to go too deep in here. But total offense, 95th in the country. Not good. Total defense, 18th. So we kind of, actually more me than you, but Boy. besmirched their defense a little bit. They were that good. That's, that's a pretty good defense. Wow. Uh, rushing offense, 113th. That's, Yikes. That's, that's, How did bad. they have a, almost not, or almost a thousand yard rusher? And, and finish he's the only one. That's, he's the only one. Nobody else, nobody else did Ant, anything. Ant Williams why. had a little, a little a bit. A few here and there. Yeah. Um, decent with the turnover margin. Like The rest of it doesn't look great. Basically, if it's not a defensive stat, it doesn't look good. No, pretty much. You go first, team grade. Oh, yeah, okay. So I'm going, uh, keeping in mind. We we have not shared our grades. No, keeping in mind, I predicted them them to go 10-2 and and win the East. Okay. So I'm giving a C. The only reason I'm not going worse, I could go worse, but that brutal stretch in the middle of the season where it's four, eight, six. Illinois comes in, kind of shocks you. Fifteen. I mean, that was just a brutal, brutal stretch they had to go through there. See, see. Okay, I, I held up my sheet. All for right, Kurt, just to make sure. I'd so we wasn't. agreed. Uh, yes, I my my basic assessment was schedule rough. They could have just completely said screw it, but they fought back. And I know it's Rutgers in Maryland. You can lose one of those games. And wind up five and seven or four and eight. Yeah, that those things happen well, in college football, right? Yeah, those th- things they happen. They looked horrible. They still got the wins. It got them the chance to go to a bowl game and win it. So I can't give them into no. the D range. You got to give them a passing grade, right? I even thought about a C plus for a second there because, like, I mean, a C plus is like not great, right? No, but but <laughs> I think C is solid. C I like solid. I like C for both of them. All right, that'll do it for the Michigan State Spartans. Up next, the Purdue Boilermakers preseason over under seven. Actual record, four and eight. No bowl game to speak of because they missed it by a long shot. Yeah, so the Purdue season. Um, I'm looking at the schedule, and the L's are in red, and the W's are in green. They look the same to me. I look. Uh, I just see a lot of a lot of L's. Um, <laughs> I see but, the L's. I just don't see the red and green. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. Colorblind. <laughs> Always forget that. Uh, okay. So, while well, we, you know, the biggest thing. I think we can just start there with this. Okay. What the biggest thing with Purdue looking back is. I mean, I have a couple, but injuries were huge. There you go. Right. I mean. Th- 
But at the same time, my preseason prediction for Purdue was four and eight. I nailed it. We both called Purdue. Now, we were right without being correct. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, because it wasn't the four and eight I expected. No, basically, this wasn't this wasn't what we thought it would look like. Which, we we knew the schedule was stupid hard. They're a non-conference. We'll get it. I mean, just stupid. And hard. we knew the roster wasn't very good this year. And the Big Ten West, we felt a lot of places was set up. Now, when um, I say not very good, we you know we knew yeah, that there was but, talented freshmen, but right. we didn't know how they yeah. were that talented. Right. So that's all so, part of the story will yep. unfold here. But long story short, the uh, injuries were insane. Mostly, I mean, a lot of places on defense, but there was a revolving door at quarterback. By the way, you're close, you can't you're close to my statement. Did did you have did you ever play with He Man dolls? Oh, of course. Yeah, you're yeah. a He Man guy. I never. Well, I didn't have He Man dolls, but you know my By the all way, my buddies not did. dolls, action figures, whatever the dolls, whatever dolls, they dolls, were. Right. So there was one uh, He Man action figure, okay. named Manny Faces. Oh, I don't remember that guy. Yeah. Oh, I was deep. I was deep into He Man. <laughs> okay. So he he would his a deep he- cut. Yeah, Manny Faces. Manny Faces. Okay. So. You could rotate his head around or his face. Inside. I do remember that guy. So he was like normal guy yes. and then robot guy. And then he turned into like a beast. Okay. You know, that was Purdue's quarterback rotation. It just kept switching around, man. You never knew what you were going to yeah, do. Yeah, but I, I think we have to bring up how putrid and pathetic the running game was. I mean, that was going to kill them no matter how healthy they were. They would have been this year. Yeah. That's, I mean, a, that's also a thing. It is a thing. To, that is a thing. And poor defensive play. I, you know, obviously Nicole not doing a great job. Let's let, let's. How about stats? Uh, rushing offense, one twenty six. That's pretty there bad. I think there's like hundred and twenty nine teams. So that's that's uh, pretty far down there. Uh, total defense, one hundred. They allowed four hundred eight. Let me rephrase that. A robust. Yes, four hundred and thirty six yards of offense on defense. You aren't going to win a whole bunch of games with that. Now, injuries played in with the defense, too. It did. That was a th- that. Lorenzo that, Neal, yeah. uh, Marcus Bailey, um, forgetting the, the defensive you lose, back. Not only do you lose uh, just the just the, the dude, you lose the leadership when those two guys go down. Of course. And I mean, I think that's underrated in, in college football. It's my, just, You know what I, what I always kept picturing throughout the season is, at one point, the defensive coaches and just the, the teammates in, in general were looking around on defense like, who's our leader? Who's going to make a play? It's probably George Kalafkis and Nick Holt. Nick Holt. Nick Holt was kind of, right. I think, kind of, I would say he was probably their, their heart of the defense. And you pause there because eesh, not. I mean, he's not physically, right. get, you know, yeah. blessed, but Karloftis is. Yeah, I suppose it's we're hitting at why the defense was was rough. I think, yeah, if you're if, if your best physical player was a freshman, and probably your second best physical player in Corey Trice was also a freshman, that's not a good sign. Um, I'm kind of skipping around here, but best game moment for me, you go back again. So we just did this with Michigan sure. State. Um, you know, we've gotten to know some very. Uh, Positive thinking Purdue fans on Twitter through the podcast. Is Maybe, that... yeah, positive, delusional, yes. Um, anyways, at this point in the season, they still were predicting, you know, Indianapolis. They So they they start out with the crazy, was it a Thursday or Friday night game? The Nevada one? Yeah. I thought, it's a Friday. It was a it was Friday, a Friday yep. night game. That was nuts. They should have won the game, did not. They, 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 they blew did it. the proverbial snatch defeat from the jaws of victory in that did. game. But then they responded the next week by right. taking on a team that is rumored to be in the SEC in Vanderbilt. And by and the way, had they their own slapped. aspirations. Right, right. They, they kind of did. That, that's very good point. At that yeah. time, Vanderbilt was supposed to be pretty. They they, they bitch slapped so Vanderbilt. At, so at, at this, that point in the season, you're still feeling pretty good because yeah. your loss is a non-conference loss. And in that game, by the way, Elijah Sindelar, 509 yards passing, five touchdowns. Rondale Moore, 13 catches, 220 oh, yards, and a touchdown. So you're feeling great. Okay, we ha- we had a blip at the beginning of the year. We're back on track. And then the Swamp. TCU game. TCU, 34-13, just crushed him. And then right when you think it couldn't get much worse, in the Minnesota game, correct me if I'm wrong, 
Elijah Sindelar and Rondale Moore got knocked out of Same the play. game and then the season. Same play. That don't happen very often in the grand scheme of just, just the sport of football. I'm not even talking college football, high school, middle school, NFL, XFL, backyard ball. You don't lose your two, two best players. I don't mean to laugh. It's not funny. I, you don't lose your two best players. On the I don't think league. I've ever seen it. The only more coincidental uh, injury I think I've ever seen, and this is a pretty deep cut. You may not remember this. The Bears were playing in Philadelphia. I don't know, 1992, something like that. Wendell Davis blew out both knees on the same play. What? At the, in the old, uh, what, what was the, the vet? What, pos- what A wide receiver. Okay. Yeah. He blew up both knees? Blew up both knees How's, on the same that's in, play. That's impossible. Look it up, man. Uh, Google it. Okay. I met Wendell Davis once. Yeah? He was a cool How's dude. his knees? I think this was before the knees. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't ask about the knees. <laughs> Um, so yeah, after that, they, then they get destroyed by Penn state. They rebound, they beat Maryland and they just kind of get put away by Iowa, put away by Illinois. Don't you think that the Illinois game probably was like, that's, that it. was like the death blow That was because the they got blow. dominated. Now, granted, you know, horrible conditions, but it kind of exposed their, their, their offensive scheme. Like if you don't have a running game, you can't, you can't just run the table in the yeah. big 10. Sorry. But in true Jeff Brom fashion, they they should have en- ended the year two and ten at that point, right? I thought they were going to. Then they then they beat Nebraska. I was absolutely certain. And then they, they beat were Northwestern. Go. I know. At this point, remember we're like these sons of bees might make a bowl game. Yes, that's right. We, we were actually we think- did because, because the next game up was Wisconsin, and I we thought that it was a a bad matchup in a weird way for Wisconsin because at that point they just were tossing the ball all over the field. Wisconsin had a hard time, you know, shutting down sure. passing attacks. So and, and you know, then Wisconsin just drilled them. But you know, point being is even with all the stuff we're talking about, Brom had them set up at, at one point. It, it actually, so this played in, this played around. into my, my grade. I'm sure it does to you too. We'll get to that. But I, my point is, Remember this when you get to my grade because this is what we're talking about. Sure. Okay. So, and then uh, uh, overtime. Bye. That, they took Indiana to overtime. Let's so that was surprising too. Like, you know, they lose to they Wisconsin. Fight. They're fighters. They're out of contention for yeah. a bowl game. I figured, eh, you know, the it's real- a rivalry, but Indiana's probably going right. to run away with this one. And no. they went down to the wire. Who's more stubborn, Jeff Brom or Jeff Brom's football team? Boy. it's a good question, right? That is a good question. I think it's Jeff Brom, but. The, the team's getting close. Yeah, they're taking on the personality of their coach. That, really that's are. what teams do. Um, yeah, so team stud. This was a this was pretty easy for me. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Think, David, I think David Bell. David Bell. My God. I mean, he was incredible. For a freshman. 86 and- catches, 1,045 yards, seven touchdowns with the Manny faces approach at quarterback. The and dude. They, and you <laughs> knew where the ball was going. I mean, the, the Iowa game, to me, was his most impressive game because they knew exactly what Purdue was going to try to do. It, they were going to try to feed it to David Bell every play, and they couldn't stop him. My comment to buddies was, um, we've all seen, maybe in some aspects, played in football games where the when you're dictating the line of scrimmage, the the offense could say, we're running the sure. ball here. Yep. And there's nothing the defense can do about it. Right. That was how they did it, throwing the ball yes. to David Bell. You don't see That's it amazing. in the passing game. You, you really don't. It's pretty rare. It was just back shoulder cuts but or uh, uh, slants. It was incredible. David Bell. is. I'd like to also, though, give a shout-out to Bryson Hopkins. 61 catches. Good one. 830 yards from a tight end position. Seven touchdowns. Also incredible. That is pretty impressive. He would be in the running for team stud in almost every team from a tight end spot, which is not easy to do. By the way, he was basically a two star slash three star right in the right in the edge of two and three star player. Very under recruited guy. He's better than that. I don't think I think he's a little bit better than that. Um and then uh so the the biggest thing, biggest deal going forward, 
Bobby D. Bobby D in the defense. <laughs> so man. I have defensive coaching listed there. <laughs> but I also have offensive line. You gotta develop an offensive line. They had a pretty bad line this year. Um, you you've got to run the ball too. Now the roster's improving, although I don't know if it's improving enough on that line of scrimmage. So I, I do have questions with especially their offensive line, not as much defensive offensive line. So our boy uh, Dustin Shooty just just going way out. It's going all in, baby. Way out there, pushing all those chips right in the middle all of the those, table. All those black and gold, or what's how do you, how does Purdue actually define their colors? Is it black and gold? Or? Black and gold. Okay. Yeah. Um, right in the middle of the table. Yep. The chips. All the black color. and gold chips. He, and he loves uh, lots Purdue. of questions because uh, I think you basically have a question every spot on defense except for like two. And uh, I do three. like Corey Trice. I right. was impressed with that guy. Um, and then you bring up very good points on the offense because I, I again, we I think we've given enough credit to um, uh, Jeff Brown Jeff and Brown. Tom. But um, you, you do you, in this division that is this rapidly improving Big Ten West and just the Big Ten in general. You, you, you got to be balanced. You got to run the ball. Look no further than that Illinois game. That's going to happen to you once a year. So basically, we bolt. You did a better job of me. I was mostly concentrating on the defense, but you brought up the offensive line slash running game. They're they're equal. Yeah, moving forward, absolutely. Yeah, there's so there's too. big questions there. Okay, okay. Total total Grades, offense. Baby. By the way, seventy five is what they wound up with for for total offense. Like it felt better than that. It did feel because a their bit... passing offense was twelve. Right. They average over three hundred yards passing a game. But when you're throwing it fifty times, you probably should. And when you're three. giving up. Almost 200 yards rushing a game, and you happen to play in the Big Ten West. Yeah. Don't do that. Not a good recipe for success. All right, what do you got? Team grade. All right. I went, because of injuries, I gave him a plus, but a C. Okay. C plus. All right. I was I was going C, but I'm like, you know what? They did it. You can't help injuries. But at the same time, a part of that's roster building, and he didn't. He he went kind of all in for his first year, first year and second year, to try to win games, which is not wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong, but he, he was kind of paying for that last year. He didn't have the depth. So so I maybe swear, I, I swear. Go C. I'm going C. Oh, I'm, really? I'm removing good. the plus because okay, I'm C plus. I'm going C. I'm, I'm C plus. Okay, I'm be, I'm removing but, the plus. All right, but pretty much everything you just said, like if if they would have gotten shellacked the last two games of the year, I probably would have downplayed it. But the fact that they were still fighting deep into November. And I remember saying that, like every week, this team's not giving up. They're not giving up. They're not giving up. Got to give them credit there. C plus. C. That's a C plus. All right. We're two teams in. Two teams in, and my bourbon is empty. I am Jeff. What a sad thing. I'm Big Kurt. We will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.